I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm terrific. Back to terrific. I'm, I'm, I'm back to terrific. <laughs> I'm feeling good again. Good. You know, the I'm enjoying some cool, cool weather. But, mm-hmm. you know, we have not really had any cold weather yet. No, it's it's been so interesting the way the leaves are kind of not really changing colors as vividly no. where we are. I just had a nice visit with my mother and father-in-law. They came up from North Carolina and they were shocked <laughs> by the weather that yeah. we've been having. So I'm sure by the time this podcast comes out, it will certainly be fall. But um, it's it's been nice to have some more summer-like weather. It ha- it has. Now, I, you know, I did... The pool, I officially closed the pool. I've never done that before, but I did it. Mm-hmm. So the pool's closed um, because I was I was blessed to have uh, Columbus Day off. I actually went for my final boat ride of the season on Skinny Atlas Lake. Oh, how nice. So the last boat ride's done. So next next I got to winterize the boat, get the boat ready to go to bed for the winter. Ooh. But it's, it's, hey, it's, it's autumn. <laughs> It's beautiful, and right around the corner is the most wonderful time of the year. So I'm just, I'm terrific. So within the first minute and a half of our podcast, you said winter twice and referenced the holiday season. So <laughs> I don't that's know about right. That's you know that's always hard for me to hear, but <laughs> <laughs> we. But you know what? We can't we can't get there without having your favorite season. So mm-hmm. yeah. So today, uh, last week was like a history lesson. And today, yes, it's my soapbox, and it's something that I'm speaking about a lot more now. Our, maybe our podcast listeners don't notice it as much, but if you've been in any of my classes, it's and it. I have talked about it in the podcast. I've talked about being leadership sad mm-hmm. um, when I don't see it. And so I'm going to still continue on the topic of courage today, um, but not from a historical perspective, but what we as leaders really need to do. It's time for people that are real leaders to stand up. And now we hear a crow crow, singing outside my window. (laughs) Sorry. If you hear the crow, that just means my window's open a little bit. Anyways, we as leaders need to step up and start to change the narrative that's in society today. And and, and as I was thinking about this, I found four different areas where leaders need to change the narrative. And, and I've been having some amazing, have a, a good friend, a colleague of mine that's becoming a good friend of mine that's really helping me think through things that I, that I haven't thought into before. And, and, and that's been a real treasure. So you and I just quickly went through them. So let me just start with the first one. And, and if you think about this, leaders build up rather than tear down. Mm-hmm. We have such a negative culture today because everybody's tearing down. And it can't last. You know, there's this old proverb, a kingdom divided against itself won't stand. Mm-hmm. And, and we just seem to be turning inward and finding every possible reason to discredit people, to belittle people, to, to be, make light of people. so that we And we somehow think that it makes us feel better or it, it makes us look better when in fact it doesn't. We can go through any period in history and find any amazing historical figure, and I guarantee you're going to find a moment of humanity in their life 
when they said something wrong, did something wrong, you know, okay, they did. How many of us would love to have every experience, every conversation that we've ever had revealed to the world? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, social media has only made this easier um, for not only adults, but teenagers, kids. Right. Um, it's really a hard thing to watch. Um, yes. And and that's why I think it's important from that that we're always focused on building up rather than tearing down. I think some sometimes we think that we need to tear someone down to make ourselves look better. Well, right. Newsflash: <laughs> it doesn't. It probably makes you look worse. Um, yes. And I think this is something that um, we need to teach kids. And I know that they are teaching kids in school because we've all learned what it's like growing up and in this kind of culture where there's media everywhere there's news everywhere there's just always someone or something telling you what to think about someone else right and, and it's never a good thing about them no very rarely you know, it's, it's very rarely very rarely yeah very I, yeah we should never say we should always ne- not never, use but... our always and nevers <laughs> right but it's it's so rare to have somebody projecting about people, uh, projecting people's positives and their good qualities, it's it. We just it's hard to it's hard to find. So really, you know, build. Are you leaders need to be willing to stand up and say stop? We're not going down that road. You know, if it's a if it's a staff meeting and somebody starts tearing into somebody who's not there, stop. We're not going there. You know, those are private conversations you can have if you need to have at some point. But we want to work on building up, you know, bringing bringing the organization together, lifting people up, and and if you want to be an influential person, just help make other people better, and you will become that influential person. So leaders build up rather than tear down. The second one was, and, it, and it's very similar, leaders bind together rather than working on dividing. And 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 I you know I remember being challenged once. And and I, I have no problem saying it on, on the podcast. Of course, you're probably going to get nervous now that I say that, <laughs> you know. But we but we had a president who the way he accomplished things was to create chaos. He created uncertainty, and then he could push his agenda forward. And it's he was not the only one that ever did that. Others have, but he's our he's our recent example. Now, what happens is that's not leadership. Leadership is drawing people around your ideas. And getting them to see the positive side of your ideas and how that how your ideas can help them. So we don't want to create chaos. And, and so the same thing can happen into an organization. We create a bunch of chaos, and then the strongest in that Ford Motor Company tried this for decades. The way they would develop leaders was the the, the leader that could could endure the most chaotic situation was the strong leader rather than who's the leader that can build us up. And so all of a sudden, and we've done this in a podcast, all of a sudden Alan Mulally comes along refusing to wear the suit and wearing his his khakis, blue shirt, red tie, and navy sport coat. And he works on building people up. And he turned, he bound the organization together and he turned this American icon around. 
And that's the name of the book if you want to read a good book called The American Icon. So that, to me, I, I just, I can't understand that it doesn't bother people that we're tearing apart as much as we are. I, I think you know, one of the other positive things going on right now is that, luckily, I think people are having these conversations more than mm -hmm. we have ever before. I think we're starting to question. I, I see it a lot right now. People are kind of questioning, right? So you just mentioned that when Alan Mulally took, took on the role, he, he wasn't focused on wearing the suit and showing up as, you know, the, the big guy on campus. Is It's that it wasn't about that. That's right. that's not what leadership is. And, and he questioned right. like, okay, so what is my job here? Is it to show up like, you know, all almighty and powerful? No. It's to show up and bring people together. And I think now that we're maybe, maybe this is one of the good things about the conversations you can have online is that people are starting to question more. Yeah. Um, you know, the good and bad can come from that. But I think it does spark conversation on like, okay, let's challenge the way we think about things and and maybe some of the former ideals like i know when my grandfather has explained you know would explain to me his previous work environment i'd be like that's not that's not how it is you know that's not how it should be right. and so i think that is a good thing that's happening right now is that we're having these conversations we're questioning yeah. we're questioning how our teams come together um, I think we're, yes. we're we're seeing a cultural shift, right? We talk more about teams right. now than we ever did before. It used to be like more hierarchical, and you know, of course, there's still structure, but we're we're changing that dynamic. I think, and right. um, the more conversations that you can have about it, I think the the more binding these teams can be. And of course, that's why we do what we do, right? That's why we're talking about what right. we're talking about because we want to see leaders thinking these thinking about this themselves and, and considering like okay is is my workplace divided and yeah. and if it is what do i need to do to bring everyone back together exactly yeah you know our our whole premise behind the next page is to is to present you know positive leadership ideas mm -hmm. rather than command and control mm -hmm. and dictatorial type of ways of of running organizations so we've got leaders build up rather than tear down, leaders bind together rather than work on dividing. The third one is leaders speak the truth in love. And, you know, that's, it's, it, people don't react to what you say as much as they react to why they think you're saying it. And how it makes them feel. And how it makes them feel. Yeah, Maya Angelou said they'll, they'll long forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And, and sometimes, I, sometimes we have to say things that are hard to hear. But if the person really believes that your motive in saying it is to help them, not hurt them, and to help them get to the next level of their opportunity, their next level of utilization in their giftedness, and you don't have any, you know, there's no, I'm, like I'm having this conversation not because I want to punish you, not because I want to throw you out of the organization, but because I really care about you and I value you and I want you to succeed. They're more likely to hear it. You know, the, the simple phrase that I say a lot of times in my classes that I teach, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. You know, think of an apology. If somebody says, sorry, 
Well, that's not an apology. That's regret that somebody was upset by what you did. You know, and 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 one of the one of the tools that I've that I've learned that's really good at sell, saying something that you need to say is to say it through questions. If you can help the person discover for themselves what it is you need to say by them answering questions that you ask, it's a really soft way to get a really powerful point across in an impactful way. Because all of a sudden they look up and say, oh my goodness. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. How can I help you with that? How can I help you move beyond that? And all of a sudden you've drawn the person in rather than pushed the person away. And, and you know, I, I think back to the people that have done that for me in my life. They become your most trusted allies, your most trusted confidants, your inner circle. Because you realize that person really has your your best interest at heart. Then the last one was, you know, leaders always seek to add value to others. And, and as I was pondering that thought, you know, I started thinking of people where their whole objective always seems to be to get more, to accomplish, to, to, to hoard resources type of thing. And I don't, I don't see those people, at least the people that I know, I don't see them as happy. They're always living for the next big event or the next big purchase or, and, and then there's, you know, you go beyond that, like it, it doesn't satisfy you. What really satisfies people is when they can have a positive impact in somebody else's life, when they can be helpful to people, when they can see people grow, when they can see other people's needs being met. That's what brings you joy. That's what brings, and I guess the difference is that's, I guess that's the move from success to significance. You know, in, in, in one of my classes, we talk about what is success and what does it look like and what does it feel like and what are the attributes that contribute to it. And then I try to have the folks start to think about, so what's the difference between success and significance? And you can see the wheels turning. And then I ask them, what would you like written on your tombstone? I know that's a really morbid thought, but what do you want to be remembered for? And they really, you can really tell people are thinking. And then, I, and then if, as I give them a little bit of time, all of a sudden I watch these smiles, you know, come across their faces. And they start thinking about, what do I want to be remembered for? And then all of a sudden you realize it's not, you know, he who dies with the most toys wins. It's who are the people that really impacted other people? They're the ones that have a legacy that is worth discussing. So what did I miss? I mean, this is a, maybe the, maybe the point is why, maybe the question is why do I think it's courageous to do these things? You know, because I'm seeing it as courage being lived out today. And maybe because I think to a large degree, at least in the public scene, it's going against what we're seeing. And, and, and just saying, can we just stop with all of this toxic 
junk. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's just kind of like a, like, let's shake you by the shoulders and say, think about these things and, and put it into perspective. And, right. you know, really think about what what is important and yes. um, and have the courage to go after that. When everyone's right. telling you that you should believe that, you know, everyone else is awful and you're amazing or when everyone's telling you that yeah. you have to collect things in, instead of adding value to others, um, you know, is that reality? Uh, right. you, know, you think about this in a lot of different ways. You, I, Obviously, as a parent with young kids, I, I see this a lot um, on like parenting resources. Like your kids aren't going to remember how clean your house was or how organized that their things were they're going to remember like the memories that you made with them and yes and that value that you brought to them and i think it's really easy to lose sight of those types of things and um right and you know when it comes to like speaking the truth in love like it's it's so true it's um Sometimes it can be feel more efficient to just deliver the truth, especially right, in like a, right. especially in a work setting, right, where it's not you know someone in your house. But um, we can get really focused on that efficiency of just like I'm just going to tell you how it is. I'm just going to lay it out, and and yes, yes, that is certainly efficient. And um, your meeting will maybe be more brief, but is that really is that the long game, right? No, that's right. that's the and short what- game. Yeah, what results do you get from that conversation? Mm-hmm. Not what you're hoping for, which is behavior change mm-hmm. or an improvement in something. Those come from those quiet conversations with a cup of coffee that might have to happen once a day for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think too, you know, it's it's not judging people like we we need to stop judging people because we have a disagreement on an issue. Mm-hmm. We have lots of disagreements on issues, and there should be nothing wrong with that. That's what makes our country great, is that you can have disagreements and not make it personal. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I know we touched on it when we, when we were in one of the podcasts where we were talking about President Reagan, and, and, and I said how when he was assass- the assassination attempt, and Tip O'Neill, who was his political arch rival politically, they disagreed completely on political issues when he went when he went into the hospital room and saw the president with all the machines and the IVs and he fell to his knees to say a prayer for his friend Mm -hmm. those days can come back and just because I disagree with you doesn't make you bad it means you have a different thought Mm -hmm. which is fine Mm -hmm. but I value you and I value your right to have that thought. And that's kind of this building up rather than tearing down. And, and I, think, I think we can make the change. I think, as you said, the, the change is being made. And we need to expect people to start making the change. And if they're not, then they're not the right people to be leading. And organizations need to be willing to say to somebody, listen, this is the way this organization is going to lead. If you can't be part of that, maybe you don't belong in the organization. Mm-hmm. It was, that was, Alan Mulally did that. There were two senior executives at Ford. And one of them just said, well, Alan, that just isn't me. 
I'm not, you know, I'm not the, the kind of leader you are. And he said, well, that's okay. You can be that way. And the person thought, oh, great, I'm off the hook. <laughs> he just said, so when will you be leaving? And then he had another senior executive, um, uh, a woman that came to him and he was, or he went to her and he was having the same conversation. And she said, Alan, how do I change? Oh, that's great. I I'm happy to get you a coach. And he got her a coach, and she understood the kind of leadership that Ford was now going to use going forward, and she was a success in the organization. So just because they don't want to change doesn't make them bad. It just means they don't have a seat on our bus. That's all. Did we miss anything? I think we, we covered a lot. I think we did. And I have no idea what I'm writing about next week. <laughs> That's okay. I promise that I will try to stay away from a soapbox. I'll try to come up with some. But I, I'm, I'm going to some, some meetings this weekend, so I'm sure that I will have ample opportunity to, to, see, to get some thoughts that will pop into my head. How's that? Sounds good. Do you have any exciting autumn activities planned for the weekend? Um, no, not yet. I'm sure you know, things will come together. but It's early in the week. It is You've early still in got the week. a few days. Yes. All right. So look forward to hearing about that next week. Sounds good. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. This was The Next Page. <laughs>